0: Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. Today is the 29th, I do believe, the 29th of December in the year 2021. I'm coming back from a Pollyanna party, gathering of our family, essentially. Selection of gifts for someone whose name we drew from a hat or a bowl or whatever the fuck. And we have the challenge with a $50 price uh, ceiling budget to buy something for that individual. Well, I drew my man Mitch, who's old enough to be my father, hell of a guy significant other, the boyfriend, if you will, of my mother-in-law whose husband passed about 10 years ago. It's weird to say boyfriend, you know, boyfriend is something like teeny boppers and stuff. This is my boyfriend. This is a 72, three, four year old man, former Marine Vietnam vet retiree muscle car enthusiast, I got him a bidet. You know how I'm big on this a bidet, so I figured I might as well just get one, you know, for this guy. I love Mitch. If I said that, he'd probably turn beet red. You're like, I appreciate that. I think you're pretty cool, too. Guy. But he's a real good guy. I know that he's got Love and respect for, for me and my family. It's been great and very really supportive. Been like a grandparent to our kids. So, anyway, I got him a friggin' bidet. I got uh, My Secret Santa, got me several um, records that I will play. Got uh, Led Zeppelin, Houses of the Holy. And I got fucking a Bill Cosby comedy record, that perv. And then I got another good, another good classic rock record that I'm gonna enjoy. So anyway, we did that. You know, honestly, I was dreading it. I don't, I don't know what my problem is, guys. I don't know if this is something that was born or made. I know my father always kind of loathed the holidays. I got to come clean. I'm I like. I, I'm excited about them. I enjoy certain aspects of them. I just, I, I can't, I, I get full. I get overwhelmed. I don't like the mandatory fun. I don't like the, you know, just sitting there listening to all these different conversations that are going on, some of which I was engaging in. Uh, you know, I enjoyed them, but all the collateral stuff and all the noise and all that, it's just not for me, I love everyone, but at some point I'm done, and then it just, it's a known quantity by now that I just leave, you know, we take two cars or I go check on the dog or whatever the fuck you gotta do, you know, pretty much what goes on, I go check on the dog, so I'm in New Jersey, my brother's in law, live about an hour from us, out in PA and coming from to Jersey periodically to see them and it was great to see everyone we got little Bambinos there we got you know a little 10 year old cousin's birthday I love everybody I told them to their faces after I exclaimed (laughs) amid all of the clatter I'm going home to see my dog (laughs) you know just make it simple I'm not going to fucking try to weasel out or ghost or anything I love you all Let's have a great 2022. I'm going home to see my dog. That's it. I don't want to fucking talk anymore. I don't want to sit on the couch and... Like, I love everyone. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. You know what I'm saying. You know, there's a quote that I just read. that said, said uh, inter, between the holidays, between Christmas, Hanukkah, and the New Year, is that weird time where you lose time and you know, you don't know who you are where you're supposed to be or, you know, whether you should start drinking at 10 a.m. It's just... It's too much, you know? I think it always has been. I was talking the other day about the precursors to the Christian holidays, you know, Christmas and Hanukkah, Judaism and all that stuff. Celebrations called Saturnalia, right? And Yule... Happy Yule, like a Yule log, commemoration of people that have gone before, and uh, respect for the harvest, and and the bounty, and all that we have to be thankful for, and now it's fucking cold, and now we're not going to see each other as much, we're going to be locked, you know, inside, closed doors, by the fireplace, feasting, and fornicating, and drinking, and Sleeping, and one day soon, with any luck, the spring is going to come, and then we can start planting our crops, and bringing our goods to market, and all that stuff. Frolic in the fields, and all that stuff. So this is like the embodiment, the the, the significances of life and death, the seasons, right? That's all we had, we would grow our crops, that was what all, it was all about, right? Raising our, our uh, plants and animals, livestock, uh, harvesting these substances, these, these products to sustain life, to feed our families, to shelter us, to whatever. And now here we are, and not a friggin' one of us works in a farmer's field And not a one of us milks cows manually, or goats or whatever, or butchers our own food. Now we sit in front of computers most often, and work on Excel spreadsheets, and look at our phones. So, anyway. The excess. That double-sided coin of the holiday season. Where you're so eager for that time off. And for the first couple days, it's fucking legendary. It's so wonderful. And on the third day, you're like, fuck. You know, when's school gonna start back up? When is the, uh, you know, when is my uh, first patient on Monday? Like, you're in part because we are addicted to our schedules, right? But we if we were fucking working out in the fields, we'd be chomping at the bit too, right? We would be chomping at the bit to get back out in the fields and plow and plant and herd our sheep and cows and goats and all that shit, wouldn't we, if we lived back in the day? For all the the arduous labor and the efforts being out under the sun or doing working under whatever conditions, however long hours... You give us enough time off, we'd be like, "Fuck, man. Can I fucking rake something?" I can't wait till that first little, you know, seedling pops out of the ground, right? So the time, the double-sided coin for time, is you get it, you can't wait to get some and then you get it, and then you're like, shit, give me something to do now. (laughs) And food. You can't wait to make that rich food. You're gonna smoke that fucking brisket, or you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do. And you do that, it takes hours, and you're so proud of your labors, and it's so delicious, and then you fucking feel like a turd. And you eat too much and you drink too much, and you stop looking forward to dessert, right? Over the last three days, I haven't eaten anything until, like, noon, or today it was 1 p.m., because I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to freaking overdo it, right? mean, don't get me wrong I, i know that everybody feels the same way about this a little bit i love christmas and i love thanksgiving and i love all these holidays these little seasonal holidays that they mark the calendar and we look so forward to them they're wonderful they're important they make life worth living But if we're honest, you got to admit, get a little disgusted with yourself. It's only worthwhile to do this stuff because we can't do it every day. It's always great to see all the extended family because you don't see them every day. Because if you did, you'd be like, fuck, I don't want to see him or her. Remember what she did or remember what he did, whatever. I mean, I'm the I'm the least of your worries in that. I just kind of like, I love everybody. But, um, you know what I'm saying. It's all the yin and the yang. It really, it truly is to me. Not enough and too much. So that's been on my mind just that whole balancing act and I'll tell you this morning when I woke up I wasn't I slept in a little bit it was great. I wake up around nine o'clock on my own terms I'm off today I start getting calls coming in or calls and uh, text messages because I forgot to put my my phone on uh, do not disturb. Hey, Dr. O, I got to cancel tomorrow. I got exposed. Got two of them today. Another person, hey, I need to get in tomorrow. So, this, this, again, the double sided coin of people needing my help, wanting my attention. Now that they have a little bit of time off. And also, folks that are so, you know, bogged down with the in between, the holiday in between. the precipice of too much and not enough that they they just can't even bear to have one more appointment or one more commitment they're just fucking locked to the couch (laughs) so I got that tomorrow I'm looking forward to going in first patient's at 7.30 in the morning last patient's at 7.30 at night Look forward to that. And Thursday, I have a, uh, a commemorative shuffle along the Perkioma Creek. A couple mile, a couple miles. In memory of our friend Stoney, Glenda Stoneback, who fought cancer, which, uh, you know, for like a couple of years, she fought. This is like her life, Right. Going to appointments Trying the next medication Going through this experience I tell you, I can't even fucking imagine that Can you? Imagine And God forbid any of us have to deal with that Have to deal with a serious Deadly chronic disease And have to be faced with The decisions of whether we fight Or whether we just Suck it up and let it take us, you know It's human nature not to let it take us to fight back, to resist, especially for the people that we love, but as I'm racing home from Pollyanna to see my aged dog with the friggin' gigantic tumor in her lower abdomen and friggin' swollen lymph nodes all through her neck and bumps up all over her, I ponder once again how first opportunity as soon as I see that she is struggling, hurting, suffering excessively. Jeez, now I'm going to put an end to it, you know. With a tear in my eye. So, that's Thursday morning and then Thursday... Later on Thursday, until about midday, I'll have a couple patients, and then I'm done. And I'm off for the weekend. Got a nice three-day weekend. So just let this year go. And listen, I fought every fucking day during this week. I loved it. I loved most of it. All the standard things that people complain about. You know, I certainly spent more time than I care to recount sweating this virus and the restrictions and what ifs and all that the impact it's going to have on my family on my business, all that stuff I remember all that stuff, I acknowledge it It sucked there was a lot of good too a lot of triumph amid the struggle. So that was great. That was important to fight back. It's what we got to do. That's what we did. Laughed through most of it. Have a lot of good friends and family I care very deeply for. And they make this whole thing worthwhile. I love them all. Check this story out. So, looking in synopsis, I'm glad the holidays happened, and I'm happy they're over. Because that's another double-sided coin. That's another dichotomy, right? we're celebrating actually it's a good thing we're celebrating amid some of the most difficult times in American history like this is kind of an unprecedented thing right hasn't been a good time and so we celebrate despite that we all should be proud of ourselves This is pretty funny, this story from today. So my friend is a roofer. As I probably told you guys, as I share most all my thoughts. Played hell trying to get my roof replaced. Okay? Filed a claim they gave they lowballed us on the repairs my insurance company did. Well, we get a lot of wind and, and storms up where I live, even though it's just a, might be, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 30 feet above the towns below. We live on a hill, so we get fucking pounded with winds, especially in the wintertime. So they low-balled us on the frickin' insurance estimate for repair it fucking happened again and I called my buddy up so he came up he met the insurance adjuster and made sure that he saw very clearly the damage that there was next thing you know that insurance adjuster dropped us a check for about 12 grand which is seems like it's going to cover the entire roof Joe did my office roof did a great job, so I know that it's going to be, it's going to be fair. I know the, qual- the craftsmanship is going to be quality. I know that he's going to do everything he can to really help us. So we're talking, and he's you know saying, "Hey, you know, here's some different colors of shingles, and I can knock this out probably in a day, and a day and a half." And we're talking about our kids, our sons who play football together. And he's looking at my chainsaw carving, he says, Oh, wow, you do this? Wow, you did that? How long did that take? I told him, you know, it took me like a weekend. "So Really? You did all that in a weekend? Oh, wow, man, you're pretty good. I said, Yeah, I'll do a friggin' full-size Joe O'Brien. He's his son, who's a really good uh, football player. I'll do a full-size Joe O'Brien kitchen of fucking football. He goes, oh, yeah, man, that'd be great. You know, he goes, you should do, like, a full-size Joe Biden. I said, yeah, we put, like, a sign that says, uh, let's go, Brandon. You know how I love that slogan, right? He goes, yeah, that'd be funny. He goes, you know, people are crazy these days, man. He said, you know... I had a, I was gonna make a a T-shirt slogan that says, "Bring bullying back," bring back bullying. So yeah, well you know he's like yeah, dude, you know people need to just, people need to calm down a little bit. And they, but everybody's got an opinion. You ever notice that lately? So yeah, he said, you know, so I'm at the gym. I'm training my son and some of his friends. We're at LA Fitness, and this guy, I I got a, you know, I have, we have our masks, and I have like a, like a dusk mask, like a, you know, like a bandana, basically, right? I had it, but it was like on my head, because, you know, we're working out, and we're fucking sweating and stuff, and admittedly, it's fucking difficult to, to work out with a mask on. He goes, yeah, you know, you look around, you don't see anybody with masks. Nobody in this gym was wearing masks, and this guy walks by, and he says, I hope you're at least vaccinated. And I don't know, I guess the guy was... I don't know if he was wearing a mask or what, but he was definitely judging my friend Joe. And Lord knows we have all judged during this time. Is that a commandment? Where does don't throw rocks at glass houses, where does that come from? Or let he who has no sin cast the first stone or something like a reference to actually stoning human beings killing them with rocks may he who cast may he who has no sin cast the first stone so I, I we just forgot all that I mean it's it's the part of being human to, to judge we've got this big frontal lobe use it to think and to crunch numbers and to to make sense of um, situations and to compare people like our behavior to theirs, right? Am I doing the right thing? So this guy comes by. He's like, yeah, let me say this to this guy. Look at this guy working out with these kids and no one's wearing masks. I hope you're at least vaccinated. So (laughs) Joe, who's a fucking rough and tumble guy, he's a roofer, he's a big strapping guy very athletic his whole family is you know they're tremendous athletes so he says hey he goes yeah yeah I hope at least you're vaccinated and Joe says yeah hey are you vaccinated I wonder if that'll save you from me knocking you the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and this is an, here's another example like the let's go Brandon thing I think it's funny I think it's also stupid I think it's definitely um, it signifies how ridiculous these times that we live are that we make up these little quirky slogans to make fun of people but You know, that's just the way it is. We're a meme culture. You know, we we put these little little snippets, verbiages together, and emojis. We speak in emojis and uh, gifs. You know, little abbreviated videos. Whereas I've discussed in the past, we're moving from we went from writing and practicing our script and being graded on how well we can write in script to now, like it or not text messages abbreviations uh, JK for just kidding IKR for I know right you know, and emojis this is, we're moving back to hieroglyphics like they used in Egypt and cuneiform you know, these primitive writings so that's what people, how people are communicating that's what they respond to now so when this little, little experience, this little incident occurs where, you know, on a NASCAR track, somebody says, let's go Brandon and he thinks he's saying, let's go Brandon, the newscaster he's trying to whitewash it where what he was saying was they were saying, all these hillbillies are up there in the stands saying, fuck Joe Biden you know because they don't believe in vaccination, because they don't believe in mask mandates, they're Trumpers, all this stuff Trump, by the way has recently said that he got boosted and he he uh, made a statement very clear about how vaccination is so important, that it's important to do and it was a great thing that he did, that he created these shots. He pulled the trigger on it. And even Joe Biden um, gave him credit for that, which was actually probably, I don't know if that was an idiot. An inadvertent um, challenge, because Trump had something to do with that it was it, under his administration that these vaccines were created, and if he if he views that as a good thing and it saves millions of people, then he'll be looked upon very favorably, despite January sixth and all the fraud and all the crap, the emoluments clause violations and all the scandals involving Trump, and how much of a narcissist that he is, and was, during his presidency, and how he marred the presidency, he will be known as having done that very important thing of of cutting loose the scientific community to create these vaccines if they save us. Right? So think about that. So anyway, Trump just recently said that, uh, you know, on Candace Owens' podcast or whatever, that, you know, oh, it's a great thing, that the vaccines. And people say that the vaccines are hurting, and they're misinformed. Vaccines are really, really helpful. It's a great thing that we did. But here are all these people at the NASCAR track, and all these folks who are major MAGA pro-Trump people, now they're booing him because he got a booster. They wouldn't even know when he fucking was doing the right or wrong thing. So I think it's funny. I think that the... I, I, I'm i not offended by the let's go Brandon thing. If the President of the United States can't fucking... can't take that. If his... Biden's skin is so thin, and it is because he's elderly, but if his skin is so thin that he can't handle somebody disparaging him, then he shouldn't be in the presidency because that's a big part of what it's about is um, standing tall despite abuse that you get, and you'll get it. So, I think that let's go Brandon thing is funny as hell, and I also think it's funny that my buddy Joe told that guy, I wonder if vaccination, your vaccination is going to save you from me busting your ass, from me, me knocking you the fuck out, Right? Because sometimes people need to be put in their place, and bullying, you know, many of us, all of us have been bullied. And it's terrible, I know, I know that it can often traumatize people, but, you know, so does life. So does life traumatize people. switching gears a little bit, at the, as part of the Pollyanna party, we did a bucket list. A bucket list, um, game, where I named three things that are on my bucket list, and you and then, uh, the the 12 adults had to decide whose bucket list that was. Well, mine, I actually had to think about it pretty... Carefully, okay? I decided that... I wanted to write a book. And I also... Wanted to travel to all the 50 states. Finally... I wanted to go back to Australia. I shouldn't have said I wanted to go back to Australia. Because... Nobody in the room had gone to Australia other than myself, and I only got there because I deployed there when I was in the Marine Corps. So I guess I would need to think about those a little bit more carefully. I was reluctant to a degree to to really pinpoint what the things were that I would like to, you know, that would be on my bucket list. probably more things. I feel like I've done a lot. I feel like my ambitions at this point are a little bit less lofty. It also made me think, like, I need to really ponder what I want to, you know, it's important to think about. What do you really want to do? Like, do I really... Do I really want to visit all the 50 states? Do I? Do I want to go to Iowa? Do I want to go to Arkansas? It'd be cool to stop in and take an abbreviated tour of each of the states and, you know, check out, indulge in some of the the more um, stereotypical, you know, I'm going to go to Tennessee and I'm going to stop at Nashville, right, I'm going to go to Alaska, I'm going to hit Anchorage, I'm going to go halibut fishing, I'm going to see Mount Everest, Denali, I'm gonna go to Canada, I want to see a moose, I'm gonna go to Colorado, I want to see some monument where, whatever, Pikes Peak, is that in Colorado, you know, I want to go back to Australia I feel like I do but I'm basing it on experiences that I had 30 years ago so how about that how interesting is that what are your bucket list items what do you really want to do? I mean, I'm 46 years old. I'll be 47 in February. I do want to write a book. I do want to travel. I want to see my children grow and I want to facilitate their growth and development. I want to help as many people as I can. What does an, uh, an adult at midlife really want to achieve? There's something I always wanted to do. I fucking did it. guess I need to look, think a little bit harder about what really matters what else cool quote I'll hit you with on my way out here When your head hits the pillow tonight, remind yourself that you've done a good job. Be patient with yourself. And remember that big things are achieved, not all at once, but one day at a time. God, how often do we forget that? I guess I haven't been so prolific over the holiday here. I'm trying to relax and do all. Is that you imagine all the things that you're gonna get done. You know, you can't wait to do this, that, and the other thing. And you can do some good stuff. You squeeze it in. But it goes quick. Before we know it, we'll be standing on the the cusp of the new year, and then we'll be back in it again. We'll be so kind of like typically, almost in a way foolishly waiting for the next holiday, the next break, the weekend. You know, I have spent a lot of time, and I've mentioned this, and it's obvious, I think, if you know me. I spent a lot of time building and retaining and making a life that I don't have to run away from, that I don't need a break from. With My love of family and my enthusiasm for my work my spontaneity and my the appeal that I, I find in art. And just my interaction with people. I try to live every day, but there I'll tell you what. There's a lot of times when I'm smelling the barn door. That's a phrase that we used in the Corps. Smelling the barn door is like... Animal just can't wait to get out of the stable and run out to the fields. You know, I smell the barn door a lot. Like, oh, tomorrow. I'm thinking about tomorrow already. Got to get home and prepare for tomorrow. Got to get this done, so there's one less thing I need to worry about. And. You know, that's that's important. This this shit is important. In a way. You know what I do? (laughs) To some degree. This is like a, a, a small example of it. You go to the recycling. I told you how I like to burn my trash, right? So I got cardboard boxes of all these... Christmas gifts and shit in there. You know how tall those cardboard boxes would be piled if I hadn't burned them all? I take them and I put them in the fucking fire pit and I light it up. And that's it. I burn it all away. And when I go out there and I see that my wife has piled up some new boxes in there, with glee, I grab it, I throw it in there, and I carefully light it all up and let it just burn away let it combust. Because if I don't get rid of that, it's going to be a problem later. It's going to be more shit I need to carry out to the to, you know, on, on trash day, on recycling day. And isn't that life constantly... I gotta get my clothes out for tomorrow morning. Gotta to get my gym clothes, gotta get my work clothes out. Gotta make sure my lunches are made. Gotta make sure that I got gas in my tank. Got all these to-do things that you're worried about. And when I read these when I listen to these like Alan Watts recordings and stuff on YouTube, and he's always talking about the present moment and how meditation is so crucial. He needs to have a singular focus. I wrote on a Facebook post the other day that I enjoy my chainsaw carving because I have to focus on my work. If I look away, if I scratch my ass, if I feel for my phone, if I you know, wave to people as they're walking by my... carving pit. I could get hurt really bad. So it's like it compels you. It compels you to... focus. And that's why I did Dr. Drill. And that's why... I throw my all into my office and everything that I do. The singular focus. A focal point, something to meditate on. I had a conversation with a friend the other day well a little, little bit of a new topic a friend of mine she's had some challenges in life great person really got a lot of love for her She uh, cuts she slices her skin. Mostly on her arms and legs. And who knows where else. Right? And, you know, we speak frankly. And obviously she's thought about these things and talked about them before. And she, and I know that she does it. And she covers her she says, I always cover myself up. You'll never see me in shorts because I do this. And, you know, I said, well, is it something that you're bashful about? Like it's something that you don't want people to know about? Because I know that sometimes people might want others to see that because it would, you know, would get them attention. Maybe they need to talk about something. Maybe they've got something on their mind and they're doing this for some reason. So I've read a little bit about self-mutilation and, and different disorders and stuff like that. But when you know somebody who does it so seriously and so chronically, it really makes you wonder. You know, because she basically came out and said, You know, I do this. And I said, well, Why? You know, what What do you feel like you do? She said, Does it feel good? Is it, what kind of gratification does it give you? She said, Well, it, it feels good. And it's, it's like kind of a rush. Like there are times where, like, I can't go to sleep. If I don't do it, I can't go to sleep. Like, I won't even be able to... My legs will be... Completely, like, shaky. And I, you know, I'm thinking about it. And so, like, I have to do it. And whatever it is, she associates the sensation and the action of slicing her skin with some sort of relief. I'm imagining what this does, this, this in some crazy way tickles part of the brain that releases dopamine, which gives us a reward. You know, kind of like if you do something good, you get a little charge of dopamine. Somebody says, Hey, you look nice today. Oh, I feel good. Well, and I, that, that dopamine, those that, uh, neurotransmitters that are released, give you a sense of feeling of good, of accomplishment, you get a little shot of this chemical. And, and you do more of that. Maybe you do your hair and makeup, or you work out more. Somebody noticed that you look good, and you, you know you're you're losing weight. You know, so whatever it is, I'm trying to figure out what the hell would make somebody a beautiful person would make them feel like they need to do this. And so I said, you know, well, you know, I'm just because I have children teenagers, and I'm just thinking, like, if my children exhibited this sort of behavior, how would I feel? What, how would I handle that? What would I say? How could I try to understand? How could I deter them from doing this? And And ultimately, you know, encourage them to stop, because you don't think rationally. Like, if that was my child, I'd be like, holy shit, flip out I don't know what I do sorry to pump some gas there so I don't when you're dealing with somebody who's got a in a situation like this you know you might say oh my god who cuts themselves who self mutilates themselves well people mutilate themselves in a lot of different ways right Maybe we we're too hard on ourselves. Maybe we always beat each other up, beat ourselves up, rather, mentally. I do that a lot. I'm never happy with, completely happy with the outcome. Like, I want to do better. I want to be better in every way, and sometimes I find myself in a momentary failure whatever it is, a slow day at the office, uh, some stupid mistake that I made, I'll catch myself, you know, just self-hating a little bit, other people drink, do drugs, they stress, right? stress and perseverate over things. They watch too much Netflix and they eat too much food and they do all kinds of shit, right? I saw something earlier, I don't know if I saved the quote, but it basically said, every pleasure turns into poison. It's all about the dose, right? If the dose is large enough, pleasure turns into poison. Right? Sex. Whatever the fuck it is. Some people are never... Vanity. Some people are never happy with things, you know? We all are a little bit like this. It's part of being a human being. But, I don't know. God forbid I ever had to it's hard enough working with somebody you really care about. And you see that they're doing this, but they're trying to work through it. I can just hope that, using that analogy where, you know, you see somebody who smokes. And, you know, they have to find a replacement. They have to find something that makes them feel as good. You know, it's not going to be the same, but maybe you chew some friggin' nicotine gum or maybe you uh, puff on a vape for a while or maybe you go from hard liquor to beer and you could still have a little bit of that pleasure that little shot of whatever maybe you can still go to the gym but just not be a bodybuilder and have the expectation you're always 2% body fat, right? We have to choose our our poison, right? And try to throttle back, try to try to find reason somehow now what's very noble is that this, this my friend who cuts aspires to work with people who have uh, various challenges psychologically so who better to help somebody than somebody who's had the problem right? Who better to to help guide somebody out of addiction than an addict? Reformed addict. Anyway, not the most cheery holiday fucking ponderings, but they're, they're mine. They're things that are on my mind. As the year comes to a close here, and I think about my bucket lists... I think about all the celebrations and the people that I love and my family most of all I think about my dreams and aspirations and and the life that I have carved out for myself and all the people that are in it I'm thankful and there to my left is my buddy Stony her funeral Estonia a fucking kick-ass place. Hey, why, why am I not going? You know, I thought about it. We sent a, uh, we sent a, a floral arrangement. I have not been one to really attend funerals. I believe in. You know, they don't frighten me. They don't, don't freak me out. I think they're nice. I think they're reasonable. But it, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't think it does anything for the dead might do something for the bereaved but I think they're probably so fucking traumatized that it's really just a a sob fest in a lot of ways but hopefully they can do I'm sure they'll do right by her celebrate her life it's a good egg Stony, the Pathfinder that was my nickname for her and she was something special, man. She kicked ass and took names for many years. I reviewed some old emails I had. She talked about various challenges that she had. At one point in time, we had this cargo net. And you'd climb up these rope squares, use them as like a ladder, like a cargo net that would be thrown over the side of a ship in World War One or World War Two, And you see the Marines climbing down into the Landing craft. So she, we would climb up this thing, and it was very difficult. But she would finally did it, and she got over the top, and lived to tell about it. This is a challenge that she that she had before her, and she wrote about, and she sweated it, and it was fucking struggling, struggling doing that. But she survived. And I'm proud to have known Stony. And I hope her family, I wish them well. If there's anything I could do, of course, for them, I will. We're going to do that run on Thursday. Just to close, it's fucking raining. Raining on my damn... wouldn't bear. It's supposed to not rain. Hopefully it dries out towards the end of the week. i got to ship off this carving. Um, going back to the dichotomy, the double-sided coin, the yin and the yang, the other day I took my dog down the creek and I looked at her scampering around She's been alive, and she's been a member of our family, and a crazy character, barking and chasing everybody down, all kinds of anxious and lovable at the same time, if you know her, (laughs) she's fucking nuts, you know, but she's ours, and we've loved her, like some, I don't know, like some foster child or something that comes in with baggage, and you just got to, some of it, you can smooth over the wrinkles, and other times, you, you just got to suck it up, you know, it's, it's the way that they are, you can't break them of all their habits, so, but mommy's well, a good girl, she's suffering, and she's dying, and she's down at the creek, and the creek water's flowing, and I think of her, and I think of her, just aging, the course of aging, and I look at her gray muzzle, turned white, and I look at her swimming, and it's not at the rate that she used to swim. And I think about me, a 46-year-old man. I'm lying on the grass. Some of the grass is turning brown because the sun's rays aren't getting to it as much. But the solstice has come, and the days are going to get longer, and life is going to bloom again. And I look at Momi over there chewing on the weeds. Some of them they're turned to, to wood, just dead cellulose, and others. Lengthening days of the winter are, as the spring approaches, they're going to get greener and greener and that's grass going to pop back up. And I look at the terrain beyond the creek, far side of the creek, and I see this wooded area that, you know, scales up, goes up and down, up and down, up and over, up and over to the top of the ridge. And I see that the foliage is mostly gone and there's rocks and that terrain. I look at that area and I just think, man... There's not a whole lot of human beings that have walked back there for years. You know, a few little hikers or hunters or kids playing. Certainly some animals, squirrels and deer and raccoons and shit coming down to take a drink. But uh, for the most part, that that terrain, that geology, it's just, it just there. It changes so slowly, right? It'll change. Mountains will, will grow. They'll be formed, right? By changes in the in the um, tectonic plates, mountains will come up and they will slowly erode. Supposedly the Appalachian Mountains, which we are living right along, as they come up the eastern side of the United States, they were once very, very large, maybe the size of the Andes or something, but now they're so small. Comparatively. So change is inevitable. Change in the flow. I'm thinking about that creek bed, how it was so shallow, and you could go out there and the little crayfish would be there hanging out by the rocks. And then there was a great flood that came through this past spring. I remember doing a podcast on that. And huge volume of water came through. And that when I went in there with the dog the following weeks. It, fucking, it was a deep rut that had been worn away all the way down to this bedrock. I thought, holy shit. That's pretty impressive. Look what the water did. Look what Mother Nature is capable of. And as I drove down to the creek... About passing this area now, there was this roadkill that was right in the middle of the road. It was like a, it was like a dead fox or something. Just its little, little tail fur, barely uh, fluttering in the breeze as cars would drive by. And once upon a time, it was a whole fucking fox scampering through these meadows. Here it is right here. It's all but gone. It's all but gone. Been reclaimed and macerated by tar- car tires and wind and rain and all kinds of just birds pecking away at it and all that shit. And once upon a time, that flock, the fox is a little cub or kit or whatever the fuck they're called. I'm just thinking about that the yin and the yang, the different stages of life, the different elements and how they change in all of us all the while, some at different rates, some slow, like the geology of the Earth, and others very, very fast. I look at my dog, and I look at myself. I look at that creek and the water flowing by, and the change of the seasons, and the holidays having arrived. And which made me realize, this reminded me, that we're just all part of this thing. This is the sort of shit that men have pondered forever. It's the reason why religions exist. We're trying to desperately make some kind of sense of this this crazy randomness. And so, just prior to the new year, this is what I'm thinking about. A variety of things, a hodgepodge of things. But I'm definitely ready to get this fucking holidays done. To freaking open that door and let 2021 out while welcoming 2022. That was a 60-minute podcast. I'm almost running out of time. Love and respect. Let's have a great new year, motherfuckers.